Hi, everyone, and welcome to the January 12th, 2024 episode of the Automotive News Canada podcast. I'm your host, Greg Layson, the digital and mobile editor at Automotive News Canada. My guest this week recently chatted with our publisher, Tim Demopoulos, at CES in Las Vegas. Today, we'll hear why, quote, the time has come for the software-defined vehicle, end quote. He'll discuss his company's digital role in today's vehicles, talk about the latest partnership with Amazon and Stellantis, and let us know what has him excited about the future of automotive. All that and more when we hear parts of a conversation between Tim and Vice President of Products and Strategy at BlackBerry QNX, Grant Corville, on this episode of the Automotive News Canada podcast. Grant started by talking about the QNX platform and what it does for automakers. So we provide an operating system and hypervisor technology, what we like to call foundational software for the systems in the vehicle. And not just any system in the vehicle, but the systems that are, I'll say, often the most complex, where there's demands or a level of safety criticality. So think of all of your your ADAS, the advanced driver assist systems, for instance, with lane keep assist, lane departure warning, automatic emergency braking, those kinds of systems. Our operating system, our core foundational software, pretty dominant in the cockpit of the vehicle. So from a consumer perspective, what that means essentially is your dash. So your instrument cluster, your infotainment system, you might have other multifunction displays and whatnot. We're the core software that supports all of that, that the automakers build on top of. So we don't build the apps, we don't provide the look and feel, that is all owned by the OEMs. We provide that layer of software, as I mentioned, the operating system and virtualization, uh, that isolates the hardware, but that lets them innovate. And that lets them provide a lot of the new functionality that you're seeing in automotive. And proud to say we're in over 235 million vehicles on the road today. We've been in automotive for a little over 25 years now. Um, we've worked very hard for the reputation we have and the success we have, and we're going to keep working hard. And the really cool thing that we're seeing in automotive are, is tremendous um, innovation. And you're seeing more and more safety systems enter into the vehicle. You're seeing consumer demand for more personalization, integration into their digital life and whatnot. So again, we enable that so that the OEMs, the automakers, can can deliver that. So that's sort of, the, I'll say, the automotive, the, car, the vehicle side of things. You touched on the development side, which is becoming very interesting as well, because you're seeing the introduction from the uh, of hyperscalers, so the cloud vendors, the Amazons, the Microsofts, the Googles, for instance. And there's a tremendous opportunity to essentially change the paradigm in terms of how automotive software is developing. So we've all heard about the software-defined vehicle. And so essentially what that means is the ability to have features in the vehicle, whether they're safety-related features or personalization-related features, that can be delivered to the vehicle and customized through software, as opposed to having to change hardware. So you're starting to see some of that in the industry today, uh, where new features are being delivered to the vehicle without the consumer really having to do anything. It's delivered over the air, in the car, and all of a sudden they'll have new functionality and, and enhancements to what they have today. And uh, new subscription for services and whatnot that can be offered. So as more and more software is integrated in the vehicle, you now have also a larger ecosystem of software providers. So everybody, again, from the OEMs to the tier ones to tier twos, and I'm talking automotive supply chain speak here, um, but the OEMs are taking a lot more control of software today, much more so than they ever have. And again, you've got that occurring, you've got the complexity of software that's increasing, what the, what, we're, what the industry is now doing, which is why we've partnered with people like Amazon, for instance, is we've been 
successfully able to put a, a representation of a, of a vehicle system, so think a, a digital cockpit or the dash of your car, I'll just use those words, put that in the cloud. And we're showing that here in the show. So instead of when I, if I have a team of developers which can be geographically dispersed, and not only that, across multiple suppliers, so multiple companies feeding into it, Traditionally, um, you'd have just those logistical issues, but then you had to run on target system hardware. And whether that hardware was from a Qualcomm or an NVIDIA or an XP or TI or others, um, what we've done now is that with the cloud, if we can take our software and put it in, say, an Amazon cloud, for instance, and all of the other software that sits on top of it, and have that be integrated into the development environment, what's called the, the CI, or continuous integration, continuous development, continuous deployment environment. Now I can do my development in the cloud, and I'm not so dependent on that hardware, ultimately, that would go in the, in the vehicle. So I can iterate much more quickly. I can, because if you think about the cloud, you know, in one sense, very scalable resources, so I can dial up you know, the CPU that I need, so I can iterate in the cloud you know, in a fraction of the time that I could iterate, say, on, on the, the, the embedded hardware, plus the availability of the cloud. The, you get down to some, you know, very basic elements such as, you know, how many hardware boards do you have? Oh, I have 100. Well, I've got many more developers across the world. How am I going to manage that and whatnot? The cloud is accessible anywhere on the planet, essentially. So if we can put a representation, a virtual cockpit in the cloud, now all of a sudden all these development teams can make use of the cloud do their integration, do their testing in the cloud. The hardware is absolutely still involved. At the end of the day, it's got to run on the hardware, in the car and whatnot. So that doesn't go away, but it really accelerates the development, um, the development um, uh, life cycle, if you like. Um, and you're starting to hear terms like shift left, industry terms. You're start We're trying to accelerate the developments. So how much more quickly does BlackBerry allow automakers to develop their cars and get them to market? It's difficult to gauge, and Grant explained why. So in terms of the acceleration, I've seen stats, statistics out there for um, IT environments and whatnot. I personally haven't seen any for you know automotive and whatnot. But we made a press release, or we announced uh, our collaboration with Stellantis and Amazon at the event today, which is really exciting for us. So there's an example of an automaker, um, an advanced automaker that sees the potential of using the cloud and bringing together, you know, a trusted embedded software supplier in automotive, so Cunix, um, and then obviously a trusted um, hyperscaler with Amazon, bringing that together and partnering with the customer to build out a virtual engineering workbench. They call, you'll see that in the press release, called VU, but a virtual engineering workbench because they really see the value in being able to do that. So. To your point, I can't point to a statistic, but everybody sees the benefit and are just starting to realize the benefits now. So cloud integration in auto is still relatively early stages, I would say, um, but pretty much every OEM we've talked to is moving in that direction. The partnership with Stellantis and Amazon announced this week at CES in Las Vegas is just one of many automotive partnerships BlackBerry has. Tim asked Grant to talk about other Hallmark partnerships. Here's what he had to say. How much time do we have? Uh, no, it's, like I said, we're quite proud to say that we have we work with you know we'll say just about every OEM on every continent out there. Uh, they put their trust in us, quite frankly, and and like I said, we pride ourselves on putting safety and reliability first. And what we've done recently with one of the other um, uh, 
announcements that we have at the show today is our Cunix 8 operating system. It's our latest operating system and it's meant to scale because the hardware and vehicles is becoming, uh, they're looking to integrate more compute in the vehicles. And so with Cunix 8 now, we can scale all the way up to 64 cores and beyond and scale linearly. So in other words, I can take advantage of that the hardware uh, that's in the vehicle. So back to your question about OEMs, um, we worked with, well, I mean, all of the ones that we've announced publicly. Well, you can see on the show floor, we've got an F-150, uh, which I happen to drive as well. I love my Ford F-150, for anybody of Ford listening. Uh, anyways, uh, so love my truck. We have multiple systems in the F-150. So there, there's an example, for instance. Um, we're in GM vehicles, we've been Audi vehicles, VW vehicles, Hyundai vehicles. I mean, it could go on and on and on, but it pretty much is very global in terms of the OEMs that we work with um, and across the vehicle. So I talked a bit about cockpit earlier on. As I said, it's cockpit, it's, um, and again, for anybody who's listening, digital cockpit is really instrument cluster infotainment system. And really what we're doing is sort of behind the dash. In other words, those systems are being combined into one ECU, um, but the representation, so the displays, the consumer might not notice a difference, but anyways. So we're in definitely digital cockpits, gateways, acoustic systems, um, ADAS, or so, so all of your, your safety systems. You're starting to see the introduction of what's called high performance compute. So you'll see announcements and have seen from Stellantis and pretty well every OEM about how they're going to essentially use high performance silicon with high performance software, so our core software, um, and again, achieve a further level of integration. And there's all kinds of different architectures that you'll see out there, but like I said, I keep, I've, I've been in automotive for a while and in software for, for even longer, and this is just so exciting. There's so many changes that are occurring, um, and so much, I'll say, potential for, for innovation, if you like, but per, things like personalization. At the end of the day, I come back to the meat and potatoes kinds of things. In other words, we've got to make the vehicle safer, We've got to make them continue to, for them to be safe and make them even safer, reliable, more reliable, personalize the experience. So in other words, have that vehicle, I mentioned earlier, kind of become an extension of your digital life, but really personalize the vehicle, whether it's the audio, whether it's the, the way uh, the displays are presented to me and whatnot, um, and just essentially capture more intelligence from the car to be able to give you, again, a, a much better and safer experience in the vehicle. Tim then asked, how much of the development is homegrown in Canada? So we're absolutely a Canadian company. In fact, uh, so Cunix is, is part of BlackBerry. Uh, and really, if you're taking a look at BlackBerry, there's BlackBerry IoT and there's BlackBerry Cybersecurity. So there's really two uh, units inside the company, if you like. We're part of the IoT uh, business unit and, and whatnot. Um, and so, yeah, we were founded in Ottawa. Uh, in, in 1980, if I remember right, from a Cunix perspective, we were acquired by BlackBerry in 2010. Uh, so definitely a Canadian company. The bulk of our engineering is in Ottawa, is in Canada. Now we have offices all over the world. We have offices in Vancouver, for instance. We have offices in Germany and Japan. Uh, we have offices in, in Korea. Uh, pretty much, we're a global company. We need to be close to our customers. But the core engineering, the software developer, the bulk of the engineering teams are, um, are based in, uh, in Ottawa. Um, so this industry absolutely is a global industry. So we'll have remote offices that'll have some engineering, but also have what we call professional services. So at the end of the day, our customers are looking for help to integrate these systems, to build on top of our software. So we'll have engineering teams, quite frankly, positioned around the globe near our customers to be able to serve them um, and be involved in workshops, hands-on workshops and whatnot. Um, but yeah, so we, we global company, uh, definitely a Canadian organization. You're seeing more and more 
uh, investment, I'll say, in Canada and automotive, you, you know, the big announcements and, uh, with, uh, with Stellantis and others actually in terms of uh, batteries and whatnot. In Ontario, we've got a great program coming out of the um, um, Ontario Centre for Innovation called OVIN, the Ontario Vehicle Innovation Network. Awesome program where they bring together um, startups, educational institutions, commercial, large commercial organizations, and really trying to be a hub of innovation for automotive in Ontario. Uh, so that's a great program that's funded by the province, which I think is awesome. Um, and there's other, you can see more and more investment across the country. Um, and especially as the vehicle changes, for instance, like software is something, software, security, anything along those lines is, a, is an opportunity. Having said that, um, at the end of the day, it's, we, we can't compromise on security and safety and reliability. So as much as we want all these new features uh, in the vehicle, um, that's, that's fine, but we got, can't lose sight of the things I just mentioned. We can't, um, we got to be very aware of driver distraction, for instance. Um, so there's core elements that are associated with automotive that you won't see anywhere. And the vehicle is such a complex platform. If you think of 100 to 150 ECUs, in a car, all connected through various networks, all running different software from different suppliers. Uh, I think Doug Field at Ford had a, actually a really good, uh, it might have been a podcast, I can't remember, on this. And he painted it very well. And, and anybody who, say, wasn't familiar with automotive, they would listen to that and go, oh my god, now, they, now people understand why it's so complex. That's changing. That's where the OEMs are getting a lot more involved. They're starting to develop a lot more software. They're taking ownership of the software, uh, which is great to see. So we've always worked with the OEMs, and now we're working with the OEMs even more than we ever have. As BlackBerry continues to grow and expand in the auto software industry, Grant explained one challenge the company, and Canada has as a whole. You know, just generically speaking, there is a shortage of talent for software. There's a shortage of talent for technology, I'll call it, in general. And the more we can do to attract technology expertise to Canada, the better and the other so we need to create more talent which is why you know as, as a company and myself and, and others and and uh, the, the head of BlackBerry Cunix we spend a lot of time with the educational institutions the schools and you know we, we've met with the government continue to meet with the government and, it's, and we need to attract them from other countries we need to create them so start at a, at a primary school level middle school high school I mean myself and my colleagues we've been to the high schools and middle schools we've been to girls schools we we're trying to get people interested in tech and they don't just have to all understand it but just go hey this is interesting this might be something I should play around with or you know get more involved in so I think if we start at that level then all of a sudden we'll build out more talent homegrown talent if you want to call it that but a build out more talent in Canada so it's really kind of a couple dimensions one is attract and keep the talent here and the others build the talent um, from within the educational institutions we have and there's many many facets to that obviously so that's something that we very proactively spend time on is, is making sure and we're, we announced something called CUNIX Everywhere it's a program that we're launching to make it really easy for um, uh, students, researchers and whatnot to get access to our software and experiment with our software and whatnot because again that'll fuel that geez, I'm not a big buzzword person, but innovation flywheel or that excitement flywheel. It's like, oh, this is really cool. And they start talking to people about it. And, you know, we'll, we'll, we built a number of demo applications and whatnot to help people get going. But it's really build that excitement. I mean, as I mentioned, bottom line, there's a shortage of talent. We need to attract it. We need to build it. And we need to do it as quickly as we can. Tim ended their chat by asking what excites Grant the most about the auto industry moving forward. Here's what he had to say. 
You know, you've heard that it's kind of a revolution going on in automotive. I just love the fact that we're right in the heart of everything going on. It's just so exciting. The the the, the uh, propulsion systems in the vehicles are changing or starting, you know, electrification and whatnot's occurring. So you got that going on. Then you got the electronics and the software in the vehicle that's changing. And as I said, we've been in automotive for 25 years and this is the absolute most exciting time, I think, in automotive. There's tremendous opportunity to make, again, the vehicles safer, make them more affordable, to make, continue to make them reliable, um, and bring these features to the consumer, and it's all based on software. And I, I have the privilege, I'll say, of, being, of working with, I'll say, I love what I do, I love the people I work with. We have some of the, the best of the best and the brightest of the brightest, and that's really, for me anyways, that has been exciting, is exciting, and to be able to bring that forward and work with innovative companies around the globe is is really, that, it's just, I don't know, you can see I'm on the edge of my seat it's here, I'm, true, all, yeah. I'm so excited. No, it's, it's true, <laughs> it's true. This is really an exciting time in automotive. It's completely changing. Um, and it's changing in an evolutionary way. As much as externally you might go, oh, it's, this is moving quickly, it, it's evolutionary because no one in the industry is losing sight of, again, safety, security, reliability, and affordability. That's the other thing. We can't load up vehicles with all these features and all of a sudden have it be such that no one can afford these features. We need to make the safety features and everything else available you know, to everybody. So, like I said, the, the software-defined vehicle, the time has come. It is happening. We're at the heart of it, and I just love it. I'd like to thank Grant for taking the time to chat with Tim in Las Vegas and Tim for conducting the interview. If you'd like to be a guest on the podcast, have a suggestion, or simply want to comment, email me at glason at autonews.com. And remember, you can listen to all our previous podcasts on Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play, or on our website, automotivenews.ca. Just click the podcast tab at the top of the homepage. That does it for this episode of the Automotive News Canada podcast. We hope you'll join us next time. So long, everybody.